welcome to The Debtor's Advocate, where Nick and Harmon break down debt. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks again for joining us, everybody. Today is part two of the consumer proposal, your other option. So today we're going to be looking at uh, the steps of a consumer proposal. We're going to talk about a first meeting of creditors, what that is, and how does it function. We're going to be talking about what happens once you're in the proposal and how to get your completion from your proposal. And then what kind of obstacles you might encounter during that proposal process. Yes, so let's get started with the initial steps of the consumer proposal. So in a consumer proposal, when you're looking at filing, there's essentially some basic information that's gathered by the license of the trustee. So when you work directly with the trustee, we would gather all the initial documents that are needed with some basic forms that you would complete in order for us to have the file prepared. Once the documents are ready, then you essentially submit the proposal to the creditors. And the consumer proposal, when it's submitted to the creditors, the creditors have certain timelines that they follow. As per the Bankruptcy Insolvency Act, in a consumer proposal, when it's filed, the day it's filed, the time starts ticking. All of your creditors have 45 days to submit their claims and vote on the proposal. What essentially does is those 45 days allows your creditors the opportunity to review the proposal. Essentially, they, it gives them time to determine if they think it is a viable proposal and if there's enough incentive there for them to vote for the proposal, but they can also vote against the proposal or they may counter offer. So there are three possible outcomes. So as you are aware from our previous session in a consumer proposal, you need to obtain at least majority of your creditors to agree to the proposal. So the number wise, you are needing 50% plus one of your creditors in their value of their claims to agree to the proposal in order for the proposal to be accepted. If you do not reach the threshold, the proposal will not pass. And before we even get into that, there's one thing that has to happen first. So your creditors are going to submit a proof of claim. They're actually going to be telling us how much you owe them. So a lot of people will come in saying, oh, well, I don't know if that's the exact amount that I owe that creditor. It's okay because the creditor proves it to us. So their job is to submit a proof of claim. They have to show how many payments you've made on this. They have to show that you've agreed to take on this debt in their proof of claim. And then they tell us how much is outstanding up until the date that you filed your proposal. And then the creditor has to one, request a meeting. So each creditor, I think about it like this. Every dollar that you owe your creditor is a vote that they have. So 25% of your creditors in dollar value have to say, yes, we want to have a meeting. If not 25% of your creditors request a meeting, we don't have to have one. So that's the first hurdle that they have to jump over or this proposal has to jump over is, is a meeting going to be called or not? Even if all of your creditors technically voted against your proposal. If no meeting is called because nobody requested one, then the, the proposal goes through. So that's the first step. The second step is then, okay, now a meeting is called, what do we do? So that's where we, as the trustee officer, the administrator, the administrator of the proposal, will open up all the votes and kind of give you an idea of what's gonna happen. So at the meeting, it's not like you have to come into our office and sit around a board table with all of your banks. Think about how many consumer proposals are happening in the world right now. They don't have enough employees to show up to all of those creditor meetings. So the creditors aren't there. They typically vote by proxy and have the administrator vote for them. Um, and they submit it by letter. So they're not there. Occasionally, we might have one creditor show up at the office if they're, you know, your brother or father or, you know, a business partner maybe. And then we usually call you on the phone to attend the meeting or sometimes we have clients that'll show up at the office to attend their meetings as well. And at that point in time, we open up all the votes and say, okay, this is what's happening at the meeting. 
half of your creditors are voting acceptance, maybe half of them are voting um, to counter offer, some of them could be voting no to the proposal. We take a poll and figure out what's going to be happening with that proposal. You do have the opportunity up until the meeting to amend your proposal if we know that the creditors are going to be counter offering. So that's occasionally when you are doing a consumer proposal and you might find that your administrator calls you and says, hey, listen, we're going to be going to a meeting and your creditors would accept if you offered them X amount of dollars more, it might be in your best interest to take that amendment. Or it might just get outright rejected. We don't typically see that. A lot of the times the creditors will come in with some type of counteroffer, but if you know they have a strong opinion, they might reject your proposal. So once the first meeting of creditors has concluded or it did not happen and your proposal was approved, then we move on to the proposal. So then there's 15 days where the consumer proposal is deemed approved by the court. So it's all together total essentially a 60 day step if there is no meeting of creditors. Then once a proposal is in place, you mainly have two big duties to cover as the debtor. One, you have to attend two mandatory counseling sessions that are done by the trustee. And the second duty is making your payments. So the payments are essentially, most people would like to set up payments on a monthly basis, but proposals are not bound by any sort of monthly restriction when it comes to making payments because you can set up payments weekly, bi-weekly. It's a flexible schedule that can be followed. But the key thing to realize is in a proposal, there is an annulment clause. And in consumer proposals, typically we're looking at an equivalent of three monthly payments. So if throughout your proposal, you fall in arrears, by three monthly payments, your proposal is annulled. So your proposal essentially has failed. Now we got bigger concerns to deal with. And in a consumer proposal, the maximum time you can take in a proposal is five years. So if any time within those five years, you fall an equivalent of three monthly payments behind, that causes for an annulment. That's generally what we advise when somebody files into a proposal, you always wanna make sure that you don't ever fall three monthly payments behind. Like if you missed a payment, but then the following month you caught it up, it would be fine. If you've completed your duties throughout the proposal, when it comes to the end, you've made all your payments, you've attended your counseling sessions, there's no other outstanding concerns, you are issued and certificate of full performance. So it's essentially the document that states that you have now completed your proposal and are discharged. So the discharge of the proposal essentially writes off your duties as the debtor and takes care of all the outstanding debts that you were looking to deal with. So some of the big obstacles that we run into for people uh, during their proposal is usually something um, that is gonna lead to a reduction in income. So it could be a job loss, it could be COVID, like we're dealing with right now. So people aren't able to continue with their consumer proposal payments and they call quite frequently and ask us, what can I do? So one of the things that you can do is you can continue to make partial payments until you're behind by three months and then we're going to be dealing with an annulment situation. Um, but another option could be if you are now your income is reduced, maybe it was a forced retirement or an illness, a long-term illness, then we can actually try to amend your proposal to the creditors. So by amending that proposal, we're going to go to them and say, listen, this person was paying $500 a month. Now they're paying $250. They can pay $250. Will you accept? The creditors have a choice to accept or reject the proposal the same way they could at the front end. But in this particular situation, if they reject it at that point in time, you can't go back to your original proposal. You can't go back to paying $500 a month. You're going to have to 
at that point in time look at other options. And when we say look at other options, the next possible option is a bankruptcy. So occasionally we will take clients from a proposal and have them file for a bankruptcy if their situation has completely changed and now bankruptcy seems like a better option in the long run. So people can move from proposals to bankruptcies and you can actually move from a bankruptcy to a proposal. We just can't go back and forth too many times. Other things that kind of come up is that some clients will have new debts. Because five years, let's just face it, five years can be a really long time. So in that five years, you're starting to rebuild your credit or could be starting to rebuild your credit, accessing credit and getting new credit and ultimately getting new debt. Once that happens, we can't just then include that debt into your proposal. That proposal was based on that date at that time with those creditors that you had then. If you have new debts, we would have to then be looking at filing a, consum- um, a bankruptcy for your old debts that are in the consumer proposal and your new debts. We can't actually do a second proposal, second consumer proposal on debts a second time. So you only get one kick at the can is what I call it. Exactly. So it's like you're freezing the time as of that date and no further debts can be added on later on if you chose to take on further credit after the date of filing. But essentially that is a consumer proposal. So hopefully you've covered all the basics for you today. As always, we are going to keep trying to bring you further sessions where we're going to be talking about other interesting topics. But please uh, subscribe to our podcast and do comment and let us know if there are certain topics that you would like us to cover and we'll be more than happy to dig into those for you. As always, if you feel like you are a candidate for any one of the programs or dealing with debt situation or have been struggling due to COVID in this economy, do reach out to a licensed OMC trustee. You can always give us a call. We can be reached at 403-232-6220. Once again, it's Debtors Advocate, Nick and Harmon, Breakdown Debt. See you next week, everybody.